0: Stand up so we can worship our Lord.
1: Church, good morning. Spirit of the Lord is in this place. And where the spirit is, there is life. And this morning we celebrate new life in Christ. We celebrate the faith commitment of our sisters and brothers today. We are an open community at First Baptist Alameda. We say there's a place for you. Initiation into that community is through baptism in water. And the reason we do that is because Jesus told us to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, he said, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So these four young people come before us today, testifying to you and to Christ of their commitment to him. So we invite you to join in celebration with us. First, I want to welcome Nick Velasquez. Nick, come on. You know this guy? You love him? He's been around here for a good long time. He doesn't rush into anything, right, Nick?
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: But he's sure. Nick, are you trusting in Jesus Christ alone for salvation? Yes. And Nick? Are you being baptized in obedience to the command that Jesus gave? Yes. Then, brother, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, I baptize you. Brother and sister, Gabby Little and Jared Little. Gerald, looking out on your church family, that's your mother with the camera. (laughs) I think we got a few cameras rolling. Gerald, are you trusting in Christ alone for salvation? Yes. And are you being baptized in obedience to the command that Jesus gave? Yes. Brother, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, I baptize you. Gabby, your church family who loves you, celebrates with you your faith commitment. Are you trusting Gabby in Christ alone? And are you being baptized in obedience to the command that Jesus gave?
2: Yes.
1: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, sister, I baptize you. My friend Alyssa, I asked Alyssa if she wanted to go first. She said, I'll go last. (laughs) Your church family, your mother, your dad. Alyssa, are you trusting in Christ alone for salvation?
0: Yes, sir.
1: And are you being baptized in obedience to the command that Jesus gave?
0: Yes.
1: Okay. Then, sister, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, I baptize you.
3: Follow that. <laughs> Let's give a round of applause for that commitment that we've seen. Great yeah. All right. Thank you. So many of you are our guests this morning. I'm guessing here to see friends from camp and from uh, your family and uh, workplace and other places come and be baptized. And it's so great to have all of you here. Uh, my name is Jeanette. I want to welcome you on behalf of First Baptist. Draw your attention to just a few things in the bulletin. You can kind of see what's going on around here on Sundays and through the week. Uh, You'll see that we have a a family fun night coming up here at the end of July. Our final Fridays, uh, we're doing that. And who knows, that might become more more frequent as it becomes more popular. It's a great time to just kick back and to find out which mild-mannered church members are really the most competitive. So uh, that's always interesting to find out um, with game nights. The main thing I want to draw your attention to is that we are having a barbecue on August 3rd. It is a community-wide event that we're going to invite our neighbors to come and be a part of our family for that day and for how many ever days they would like. Uh, They may join us that day and go on their way, uh, but you never know when someone finds a need And thinks who can help and might say, I remember those people at that church seemed nice and they seemed to love Jesus and maybe they could help me. That's an important thing. And so these barbecues, although they seem to magically occur, do not (laughs) without the work of a lot of people. And this is a real collaborative event, so it's not locked into one department that Ruby and Church family have to do it all, or that Laurel and Outreach have to do it all, or that worship has to, it is a family event. So this afternoon after service, there will be a planning meeting. If you have just an inkling of a sense that you'd like to help out, not just wait till somebody asks you the fifth time, but you'd really like to get involved, please go to Laurel's meeting. Uh, She's in the fireside room, Uh, hopefully that's not enough room and we can move her to a bigger space. This is a great event to get involved with. If it's your first time getting involved in an event or your 900th time, it's worth it. So please think about how you'll be able to help either today or in future as calls come out for setting up, for tearing down, for bringing food, for passing out flyers. All those things are going to be a part of this really important event. Also want to say happy birthday to Wayne back there in the back, Wayne. This week, I guess. And also to Arnell Berry, who may not be with us. I saw her the other day at the bus stop actually. Arnell is in the process of becoming a police officer in Oakland, which is pretty exciting stuff, and she was so excited to tell me about it. So, happy birthday to Arnell. Think of her and if you know her on Facebook or something, shoot her a message. That's all I've got from the bulletin. So I want to open it up to some time for community sharing. If you would like to share a prayer request or something you have to praise God about, now is your time to do that. Um, I don't have a portable mic, right? oh, well, I will. So, <laughs> Thank you so much. the men in my life treat me very nicely. So, so Angelina, would you like to help today? So Angelina is gonna bring the mic around. If you wanna share something to praise or to pray for, uh, raise your hand.
4: Yeah, hi. Uh, I'd like you guys to pray for wife Karen because she did finally lose her son over the one that was suffering from cancer. She finally lost lost him, and it, uh, she's taking it pretty hard. So if you could just pray for her, though, or maybe, maybe the Lord could uh, take away some of the pain she's going through. Thank you.
0: I also need to add up uh, another birthday coming up in two days. It's Sylvia. She's turning 82.
3: praise the Lord, give thanks for the two people that I pray, pray, was Gloria and Jean. They are very good, praising the Lord for the healing. I give thanks. And uh, for a friend that is with cancer, and uh, is Mercedes, to pray. He is a friend. God bless you.
4: Praise for my brother, Ray, who's a quadriplegic. He finally received his disability after months of being denied, (laughs) don't understand, but God does. And just praise the Lord for having that done.
2: I just want to thank God for for giving myself the ability to move forward, and and I I had a uh, one of my karate belt tests yesterday, and I was in the whole room by myself with the 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 lead instructors, and it was the first time I've ever done a test in my entire life. I think when I absolutely wasn't nervous whatsoever, and I just felt like just energy, like I was just gonna. I was gonna take advantage of anything that I was possibly asked for, and I felt like you know that that, that ability is not my own really. It's it's <laughs> even though it's something like maybe people here might think karate something maybe a bad thing, but <laughs> I thank God for not being nervous. My I was just amazing myself, and I kept thinking like, wow, how come, how come I'm not nervous? This is weird. That's but so I was very I was excited, and I'm still excited just thinking about it now. Even so, God that's bless that's everyone here. Amen.
3: Go ahead and pray together. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you that you are interested in the things we're interested in. Um, you desire our success in our work lives, in our family lives, in our hobbies, in our passions, and we thank you for that. God, we know that you care about the people we care about. Uh, For those we've been praying for, for those we've lost, for those who are grieving, and for those who are celebrating. God, thank you for being there on those journeys with each of us. God, I pray that you would help us to learn more and more to care about the things that are closer to your heart. The people that you want us to reach. Uh, Lord, show us how to start, and maybe it's August 3rd, with starting with our neighbors right here. God, show us how to let our heart be broken by the things that break yours in our world. And there's a lot of them, and they are big and daunting, but God, we pray that you would show us the ways to step forward as your people, to prove to the world that you are a God of love and that your people are people of love and not judgment. Your people are people that will reach out and not turn their backs. Your people are those who will care when it's hard and not give up. God, we want to be that kind of Christians. We want to be that kind of little Christ and disciples of yours. So pray, Lord, today, in some new way, that you will show us a next step, both individually and collectively as a church family. Where do we go to care for those that you care for? God, we praise you because you're in control. You're in control, and we've got to trust it, and we do. Lord, we thank you for being the God of the universe and the God of people and individuals. We praise you this morning. We lift our praise to you. And we thank you for the many, many good things that you've brought to each of our lives. We thank you for each of these that has been baptiz- baptized today and taken another step closer to you. And we pray that we'll be the kind of church family that can really be there for your new children. God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to call our kids up, as well as the kids and kinder club leaders.
4: All right, we're going to do our perfect attendance for the month of uh, June. Okay. I think Wesley's coming, right? Coming, coming? No? So uh, we we studied uh, about Ruth. And we studied about Samuel. We studied about David as a shepherd. And we also studied David as a king. And then we studied about King Solomon. And this morning, we studied about Elijah. Well, we learned about Elijah. Um, In the month of June, our special event was an Ice Cream Sunday Sunday. Yeah. And in the month of July, we're going to be having Logan Day. Yeah. Be cool. You know, uh, be, oh, there you are. <laughs> Before we hand out the awards, um, I wanted to mention uh, that I remember Nick, you know, hi, who got baptized this morning, coming through Kids Club and uh, being through that program, and also proud of Gerald, who does the sound back there, and then also Alyssa and, and uh, Gabby, who help out in Kids Club. So it's, uh, it's awesome to see them get baptized. It's awesome to see these young people take the next step. So with that, I'm going to hand it over to Diana.
3: OK, I have the, the Kinder Club, which is the young ones. And Logan had perfect attendance. <laughs> and Wesley had perfect attendance.
1: Trust me.
4: All right. So, in Kids Club, of course, we had the siblings have perfect attendance. We had uh, Angelina. And we had Dexter. All right. Good job, guys. You can go back. Thank you for coming up. Can I ask the ushers to come forward, please? Let us pray. Father God, I thank you so much for today, Lord, for the blessings of the baptism. I thank you, Lord, that um, as a church that we could Witness this, and Lord, I just lift up the offering that we're about to take, and I just pray that you will use it for your use. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
1: Good morning, church. So glad you're here. If you have Jesus figured out, you're in the wrong place, because he can't be figured out. And probably the greatest symbol of discipleship is the question mark. I'd like to encourage you this morning to consider with me the puzzle of following Jesus. People came up to him at different times and they asked him different questions. Some with pure motives, others impure. Some of a desire to know and understand and really get what he was all about and others just to tease. Pope, prod, some wanted to outright discredit him. And Jesus gave questions or gave answers to all of their questions, but when we look at the gospels in the New Testament, the thing that always puzzled me is that Jesus' answers were never consistent. And we're always looking for like a formula, right? Just could you bottom line it for me so I could know and understand what it means to be your follower? And instead, he would, he would tell a story to get us thinking. And on different occasions, different stories that seem outright contradictory. Why is that? What is really at the essence or the heart of discipleship to Jesus? Just just tell me and I'll do it. And the trouble is that it's not like that. So if you're looking for a uh, formulaic way to understand and appreciate who Jesus is, you can go places and you can find that. It can be neat and tidy for you, but it's not real. The reality of following Jesus is a mystery. And so he tells these stories, you wanna look at one of them today, it's in the Gospel of Luke chapter 10. If you have a Bible, I invite you to turn there with me or, uh, you know, just dial it up on your phone. It's a story as old as time, right? And every time we tell this story in church, we tell on ourselves because it's about us. The story of the Good Samaritan. You might not know anything about the Bible whatsoever, but you know the story of the Good Samaritan. Luke chapter 10, verse 30, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them, then put him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave it to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him and when I come back I'll repay you whatever more you spend. And then the punchline. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? Well, the guy said what all of us would say, the one who had compassion, the one who showed mercy. And Jesus, this is really baffling, really complex. Go and do likewise. It's like that point you could say, are there any additional questions, anything that I can clarify for you? You know, it's pretty simple, right? But what's not simple is what gave rise to the story. And that's what I'm talking about in terms of our discipleship to Jesus and our wanting to know what we can do, what we can believe, how we can put it all together to live the right kind of lives. See what was happening here. If we back up to verse 25, it says, a lawyer. Stood up to test Jesus. He said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, just stop and think about that. Those of you that have been around the church for a while, if somebody came up to you, anyone at all, and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? I want you to think what your answer would have been. It probably wouldn't bear any resemblance to the parable of the Good Samaritan, right? Because what would you do if somebody asked you that question? You would launch into a discussion of belief. You wouldn't talk about behaviors. You wouldn't say, help an old lady across the street. You'd say, look, there's uh, God. You can't see him, but he's there, and he made you, and he wants you to believe in him. And so in order to do that, he sent his son Jesus and Jesus lived a perfect life and then was crucified. Jesus died on the cross. That's why we have a cross in all of our churches. And, but that's not it, because after three days dead, he rose. Jesus is alive. He's the living Lord, and he wants you to believe in him. So what you need to do, my friend, is you need to confess your sin. You need to acknowledge the things about your life that are wrong. You need to repent of those things and trust and believe in Jesus. And all of that is like from the head up, right? That's what we tell folks. Jesus didn't say anything like that. Not even close. Not even in the ballpark. Jesus threw it back on him. Verse 26, he said, well, what's written in the law? What do you read there? Jesus wanted him to think about it. And he answered, verse 27, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, verse 28, you've given the right answer. Do it. Do it. Just go out and do it. You're, you're close, you're warm, you're burning up. What life is supposed to be is love for God, and love for neighbor but then the guy gets sideways with him verse 29 says but wanting to justify himself he asked Jesus and who is my neighbor it's a fair question right there's a lot of people out there in the world certainly can't think that I'm responsible for all of them So my neighbor might be the other priests, right? Or my neighbor might be the other Levites. These are church folk that Jesus uses in the story. Priests and Levites. We looked at that in the first part of chapter 10 when Jesus gathered disciples and he sent them out two by two. He said, I want you to go. Remember, as a community, we're sent. We're going to do our work. And so the Levite was going to do his work. He was going out to tell people about loving God. And here's this guy in the ditch. He's like, Man, I don't have time for that. I'm on a mission from God. I'm going to tell people about the Lord. I ain't got time for this guy. Levite, same story. Church guy, sent by Jesus. He's on a mission. He's got work to do, and it's so urgently important that he doesn't have time to stop for the guy who's bleeding out in the ditch. But then the Samaritan, here's a great part of the story. If you're not a Bible scholar, you might not know that Samaritans were less than. The Samaritans were people that the Jews looked down on. They weren't even Gentiles. They were worse than Gentiles. Samaritans, scourge of the earth. But the Samaritan was a good Samaritan, and he had time. And he stopped and he took care of the guy and realized that the mission, what Jesus had called him to, was right in front of his face. I think that's what Jesus is trying to get us to think about. Think about it. I mean, in terms of your own spirituality, your own faith development as a believer, right? You're here in this place with us right now. You get some points for that, right? Surely God is happy with you that you're here. You gave up your time on Sunday morning to come and study the Bible and sing praise songs and be with and and encourage everyone, right? And then you recognize that you've been sent out from here. You're the priest, you're the Levite. And God sends you from this place on your way. You're on a mission from God that's pretty heady stuff, right? And you might be walking right past it on your way to wherever you're going. It might be right in front of your face. So simple that you could miss it. Think about what we value around here. Like if you're good, you come to church, right? If you don't come to church, well, I don't know. If you come to Bible study, then you're, then you're really good, right? If you come to church and you come to Bible study, man, maybe even come to prayer meeting, you're in the worship team, you're doing, you're serving, all this stuff, and you're the good guy, right? And the people out there, eh, not so much, not great. I see some heads nodding side to side. Like, maybe we've gotten it wrong. Maybe the way we measure is the wrong measure. I'm gonna pick on someone this morning. I like the way you divert your eyes when I look at you. But I wanna tell you about my buddy, Eddie. Eddie's my Harley friend, right? And we ride together. But he don't come to church. Only reason he's here this morning is because his daughter was baptized. And he wasn't going to miss out on that. Well, let me tell you about this guy that would just literally give you the shirt off his back. Knows the gospel backward and forward. And lives a life of devotion and commitment to other people. So what do we say about that? How do we measure that? We say, "He's not here in church on Sunday. Must not be a very good guy. Is that how we see it? Is that how we rank our spirituality? Think about the people in your lives. You got people in your family. They don't come to church. What? They don't count? They don't matter? If they were really good people, they'd be in church, right? Maybe the good people are out there. Maybe we in here need to learn from them out there. Maybe stumbling upon them on our way to do whatever it is that we're doing good, holy work is, <laughs> is the thing that we need to be learning. Maybe they're not the ones that need to be saved. Maybe it's us. Saved from ourselves. That's the beauty of following Jesus it makes me think right think about it you're you're a good Christian right and you've had a tough week and man you just want to sleep in on Sunday but you know you got to get up and be in church why because you're good if you go to church you're bad if you stay home and sleep but think about the way that you spend the rest of your Sunday Maybe you check it off your list and you go to church and you're feeling all good about yourself, but you're ignoring because you're impervious to the needs of the people around you. But maybe you got that extra sleep in the morning and you're feeling all right and you're more attentive to the needs of the people in your life. Jesus is saying, this is how we measure spirituality. This is what it means to be Christian. This is what it means to be Christ-like. Maybe it's not all that important to go through the hoops that we've been taught are important for Christian discipleship. Maybe the more important thing is right in front of our face so that we almost miss it. Because think about the end result of our actions. If going to church means spirituality, if you can equate those things, then you're going to look down your nose at people that don't. You're gonna consider that they're less than you. But there could be people out there that aren't going to church, but who are making more of a difference and living a life that is more Christ-like than your own. When we tell this story, we tell on ourselves, because we have to stop and acknowledge that I'm not the hero of this story. I am not the good Samaritan. You are not the good Samaritan. He ain't here. He's there. We are the priest. We are the Levite. We are on a mission from God so full of our self-righteous spirituality that we pass right by on the other side. turn to your neighbor and say, ouch. Yeah, that kind of stings, right? So if that's the truth, and if we're not the heroines and heroes of the story, what adjustments do we have to make? I'm going to tell you this one. You don't expect to hear this from me. I'm going to say Some Sunday mornings are made for sleeping in. And if you miss church, the world is not going to stop spinning. Your mother might have told you that it would. But it's not. Okay? Just chill all the way down on that one. And the other side of that, is don't be all self-congratulatory about yourself if you do get here. Don't think the world owes you a favor because you showed up and warmed the pew. If you're here, it ought to be because you want to be here, not because you feel like you have to. Not like God is going to smile on you if you're here, smite you if you're not. It just doesn't work that way. And then I want you to begin thinking more outwardly. What would it look like in my life if I were a little bit more of a good Samaritan? And and what we need to do is dial it all the way down to where we live and move and breathe consider your own world, your own circle of influence, and the way that that goes with you wherever you go. I talked about this a couple of weeks ago and somebody was talking to me that week after the service about, I don't know even what I said or how I said it, it was something about, you know, just go out there and try to make a difference in the lives of people that you come across. And she was telling me how she was checking out at the store and just sort of talking personally with and engaging the cashier. And the cashier was kind of like Because she was like not concerned about, you know, the price of the tomatoes or whatever people are concerned about in the line. She said, how are you doing? Excuse me? Are Are you? Expressing interest in me? You're not complaining about the price of this or that? You're not wanting me to go faster? You're not upset because the little old lady in front of you still writes checks when she goes through the line? You're in such a hurry, right? You're so important, you're a big deal. But when you stop and see the world differently, when you dial it down and dial into the people in your life, somebody needs a hand. I can't do that. I don't have time for that. You know all I've got going on. I don't have time for this and that. And somebody calls me and they want a favor. They need something. What if you just became available? What if you said, you know what? Maybe that phone call today, maybe that's the mission. Maybe that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Maybe I need to put aside my grand ideals about what I'm supposed to be doing in the service of God with my life. Because maybe it's right in front of my eyes. That's the thing about this story. so simple you could miss it. Think about all the people in your world that you don't have any time for. And I want this refrain to stick with you. The priest, the Levite, they walked on by, they went on the other side, right? Because what? I ain't got time for that. I'm busy, busy, dreadfully busy. You've no idea what I've got to do, right? Veggie tales. I'm so important, I'm in such a hurry. What is it that you don't have time for? And why don't you have time? It's either because you think you are that important, or you're that cool, or your priorities matter that much, that you can't stop when someone obviously has a need. Have I messed with you enough? I want you to take a moment and think about your world. And answer this question, who needs you right now? need your time, who needs your attention, who needs your company, who needs a a skill that you possess, who needs a favor, who might be afraid or ashamed to ask for it. Maybe you could offer it. God, we want to thank you today for the adventure of following Jesus and we want to stop right now and confess to you our self-righteousness. Got our attitudes that we're better than someone else. God we want you to make us attentive to the needs of the people around us. Give us pause in our day to see what you see, to be able to help. And maybe in so doing, we'll build spirituality that more closely resembles what Jesus asks of us. And we pray in his name. Amen.
0: rise and sing with us this morning.
1: me, because I think Ed's going to beat me up after church (laughs) for calling him out like that. Ed, we're going to get tacos, and uh, we'll bring them over for lunch, all right? We're square, okay. Uh, I want to ask Alyssa, and Gabby, and Gerald, and Nick, why don't you guys come on up here? I've got baptism certificates, and uh, just want for you to welcome them officially into fellowship and give them some love. Stay up here, sweetie. Gerald and Gabby, this is is your family here, okay? And uh, family, do you love them? Yes. Are you there for them? Yes. You're going to help them not to be priests, not to be Levites, but they're going to be good Samaritans, right? Yes. And you're going to help them. The Lord bless you, friends, and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord turn his face toward you, give you his peace. Amen.